Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're going through the thinking process of how to assess whether we're evaluating a viable project or one that we should simply let go. This is a property that we got under contract because it looked like it had potential at first. In this case, we were presented with the opportunity to convert an assisted living project in Utah. The facility lost its operating license and went out of business. Our analysis is that assisted living projects in this particular submarket do have a hard time financially. There's always a risk having institutional players coming into a market, assuming that communities all across North America are all the same, and they're absolutely not. It turns out that in Utah, the demand for assisted living is much less than in other parts of the country. Families tend to keep aging parents at home for much longer. Families also tend to be larger in Utah than the national average. In fact, Utah has the largest average household size at 3.19 compared with the national average of 2.56. That larger household means that there are far more family members available to help care for aging parents. The net result is that the use of assisted living facilities in Utah is far below the national average on a per capita basis. People either don't enter assisted living at all, and if they do, they spend far less time in assisted living than elsewhere in the country. Based on our analysis, this particular facility would not be viable as an assisted living facility. Somehow, in the past, a market study demonstrated that it could be viable, but the fact that it already failed in the assisted living business in that location, we have absolutely no appetite to restart an assisted living facility in that location. At 62 beds, there's nothing special about this facility. It mirrors many of the worst elements of a typical big box facility. It feels institutional, like so many assisted living facilities that we've observed across the country. It has a centralized commercial kitchen, and the common areas are pretty basic. So the question remains, if it's not useful as an assisted living facility, what are the other potential uses for the building that could be economically viable? The individual suites could be repurposed as apartments, and an apartment conversion initially looked attractive on the surface. The units are a little on the small side, but could be suitable for the more affordable end of the spectrum. The kitchens in each unit are not full-size kitchens. They're half-size kitchens with a 10-inch sink, a microwave, and a 4-cubic-foot fridge tucked underneath the counter. There's no cooktop, no oven, and presumably the electrical supply doesn't exist to retrofit a stove in each suite. It's hard to see how these units could be retrofitted to include a full-size kitchen with a dishwasher and a cooktop. None of these units have in-unit laundry. These would be studio apartments for a single individual at best. The biggest problem is that there is insufficient parking for an apartment building. People residing in assisted living don't drive, so there isn't that much demand for parking. In fact, the parking ratio is about a third. We would need to add 40 more spaces to have a viable apartment project. We spoke to the city, and they would have been supportive of an apartment conversion. They agreed we needed more parking, and assembly with one of the neighboring parcels would be essential to creating sufficient parking. Another option that would be better suited to the physical building as is would be a hotel. A 62-unit hotel is a little on the small side. It could be viable in the right location. Small kitchens would be perfectly acceptable for an efficiency-style kitchen in a hotel. The placement of the building on Main Street could be good, but it would require hotel analysis. The community has 10 hotels right now, of which five are new in the past five years. Even if it had all of the required amenities for a hotel, the number of parking spaces is still only 24 parking spaces, not sufficient for a 62-unit hotel. Unless we assemble the neighboring parcel and build at least another 40 parking spaces, the project would not be viable as a hotel. We looked at other options. Two hospice care facilities went out of business in the past couple of years, 
and a 62-bed facility is far too large for hospice care, even in a large community. So the building is not useful for hospice. There's a nearby children's hospital where parents could need a place to stay while their children are getting treatment in hospital. But at 62 rooms, and with only parking for 24 cars, we felt that wasn't viable either. The property is too far from a university to be a viable candidate for student housing. If it was located near a campus, it could be ideal, but not in the current location. So in the end, we decided to pass on the opportunity. It was looking like it was going to be a forced fit to make the property work physically, and even if we undertook the effort to convert the building to meet the minimum criteria, either apartments or a hotel or student housing, it would still be a poor quality apartment building and a poor quality hotel, and none of that screamed that we should go forward. We get a regular flow of opportunities like this crossing our desk. Do we feel bad about spending the effort? Not at all. This is part of the process of finding that rare subset of projects that ultimately meet our criteria. So that, folks, is a glimpse of a day in the life of our due diligence. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.